Welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies. I'm your host, Nina. I'm your other host, Letha. And we return from a long, long hiatus to do something that we promised to do. For years, I think, we've been promising to do this. Yes, listeners, we are reviewing The Next Karate Kid, the movie. And do you feel like there was a reason we put it off for so long? Like, I mean... There was a reason why... This movie, which got 7% on Rotten Tomatoes, (laughs) was left unseen by us. I did not know that it was that poorly reviewed. I didn't didn't realize. I always imagined we'd get to it someday. Um, And now that we have, yeah, no, 7% seems about right. That kind of captures the the glory of this movie. Let it be said, we we did this for you guys. Mm -hmm. We got at least one request from someone to watch this. (laughs) And we're going to hold that against you forever. All right, we're not going to... We did this right away. Right, we just watched it, like, five minutes ago. We just turned it off, yeah. And it's not like Karate Kid Part 2, which we hated and waited weeks to review. Um, we're going to do it right, okay? We're going to come in fresh with mm-hmm. our hot takes. My first hot take is, as much as I hated Karate Kid 2, that was a way better than this. Wow, I didn't okay, think that was possible. Here's spot question. What do you think this movie's about? Look, really? <laughs> Because I was thinking, it's about animal imprisonment. It's about grief, youth. Um, it's about parents snuffed out in their prime. It's about Japanese culture and monks doing silly things. Um, it's about fatherhood, right? It's about Miyagi's stab at fatherhood, part two. It's um, about wanting to cover your eyes because you're not sure if this is the role Miyagi envisioned for himself. Yeah, it's about. Making a really simple movie called The Karate Kid, and you could have just repeated that exact formula. You didn't really have to do much that was different, and I think it could have worked. But instead, they made so many mystifying choices that it's it's hard. Yeah, I think... It's hard. I think let's start with the conceit, right? Okay. It's it's Karate Kid, but with a girl. Sure. Yeah. Pre-Oscar, Hilary Swank. Mid-90s. And Hilary Swank is maybe the only teenager in this movie. Notable because it's a lot of the scenes take place in a high school with a lot of high school classmates that are between 40 and 60 years old. <laughs> yeah. and, and they, I mean, Hilary Swank, I will say, does look like a teenager. And so it's super jarring to hear like her like do scenes with, yeah, some like high schooler who looks like he's actually 43. Like that's... I wanted to start out with that mildly positive statement because... I, I think that's the only thing that we have to say that could be considered a compliment. I have written in my notes, like, Hilary Swank is a good actress with, like, an exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. Because, yeah, she she is a good actress, right? I mean, the Oscars you know, didn't just I happen. I haven't seen her in much. So I saw Million Dollar Baby and Boys... I, I, don't, I never saw Boys Don't Cry, but I saw Million Dollar Baby and I thought she was good. Um, I... She's so bad in this. Yeah, and I... Okay. All right, we're going to... Should we start at the beginning? Let's start at the okay. beginning. Okay. Okay, so who is Julie, you ask? Well, uh, we get a scene in the beginning that's like a ceremony for some Japanese-American soldiers. They're being honored for their the, their uh, efforts during World War II. Miyagi is there. He's wearing a suit. He's exchanging heated glances with a older woman. Oh, yeah. He calls her beautiful Louisa. I'm like, I like where this movie's going. Turns out that she's the widow of his friend, Jack Pierce. Commanding officer as well. And, like, 
I, you know, the setup, like, it, it happens immediately. Like, this uh, Louisa the Widow um, invites Miyagi over for dinner. I'm, like, excited to see Miyagi. Right? Like, I really thought a bit of a vibe. Was, there was a vibe, sure. But then he weirdly decides... Oh, my send, God. Okay, we, we, we get Julie's introduction. Which is just, like, she storms in. Her grandmother, who's, who is Louisa, is just like, Hey, say hi to this friend of your grandfather. His name is Mr. Miyagi. And Julie's just like, Fuck you! And, like, runs off with... Julie is an Eminem song, okay? Oh. She... She listened to the Eminem show way too many times. She has only one trait. It's mad. Yeah, she's mad. She's very mad. And Hilary Swank has this, like, weird mad sneer that, like, until she grows and learns and changes and more on that later, like, it's like her permanent expression. Like, that's... And so it's just... I... Obviously, you compare this to The Karate Kid. And I remember, like, watching The Karate Kid, like, uh, with you to review it. And it had been years since I'd seen it for the first time. And, of course, we'd been immersed in watching Cobra Kai and just, like, hating on Daniel, right? And then, like, watching The Karate Kid, I was, like, suddenly reminded, Daniel's, like, the sweetest kid. Like, he's such yeah, a sweet, did, nice you kid. You don't realize how much rode on Ralph Macchio's charisma because, like, I get the feeling that the first Karate Kid, like, it's not like the director or the writers took it that seriously. They were trying to make a knockoff Rocky movie. Mm-hmm. And they sort of lucked into the fact that Pat Morita and Ralph Macchio, like, sold it on their performance. They had chemistry together. And, like, and, yeah. And it was still kind of a novel idea at the time. Right. And I will also say that, like, I don't know why more movies don't do this, but it's, like, it helps if your, like, lead is likable. Like, it's not... It's not rocket science, right? But, like, Ralph Ma- uh, Ralph Macchio, Daniel, in, like, the first Karate Kid movie, he's, like, a sweet kid. Like, he's nice to Miyagi, like, when he meets Miyagi. You know, Miyagi's just, like, the handyman in, like, his apartment complex. And he's, like, really thankful when, like, Miyagi repairs his butt. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, small things where it's, like, this is a nice kid. You can see why someone would want to mentor this kid. Meanwhile, like, Julie is just, like, awful. And, oh. What's but- nuts about this is that it's, like, they don't, they think girls are actually from another planet or something. They're yes. Like, and it's not just like playing on the comedy of like Miyagi being this older guy. And that sounds wrong. But anyway, <laughs> there's a lot of like offbeat, off, like totally a, a, inappropriate stuff throughout this movie. But anyway, it's just like they make Miyagi seem like he's like doesn't understand human beings sometimes because he doesn't understand girls and, and the weird thing is he volunteered to kind of like look after julie oh, while this the is, hot widow goes off and does whatever she does this is the craziest thing like the premise of okay first of all when we get julie coming home um her she's being a, like a little bitch about miyagi being over so her grandmother is very rightfully sort of like come on susan behave she says my name is julie my mother's name was Susan. She was killed with my father in a car accident, and now they're both dead. In this perfect piece Weird. of exposition. I know. So subtly worked in. They're and not letting any of us... Like, they they want to leave nothing to our imagination here. Right, right. Like, it's just... It's, it's so bad. And then, like, at this point, um, the grandmother is right... Like, she's kind of like... like teary with Miyagi and just being like, it's just been really hard. I don't know what to do. Miyagi says to her quite tenderly, like, I think you need to water flowers and gives her like flowers. And I was like, is that playing for something? And Miyagi's a player. And so you could, I mean, 
And he, and then he says, water flowers in my garden in California. And I'm that like, is oh, with nice. Lay it down, Miyagi. And then very disappointingly, it turns out that no, Miyagi is not wooing this hot widow. He has bizarrely offered like this, this grandmother to like live at his house in California for the summer or for the a few months, I guess, while he takes care of Julie. May I ask? So, this movie came out in 94, Karate Kid Part 3 came out in 89, so what do you think has been going on in Danielson's life the last five years that he would allow this interloper to take his place? Take his father figure? I know. First of all, this man, Danielson, followed Miyagi to Okinawa, Right. spent his whole college fund to get there. You think he's going to... Let Miyagi go to a tense memorial in Boston and not stalk his ass? Actually, suddenly this movie makes more sense. Like, of course Miyagi <laughs> couldn't go back to California. He's been avoiding California. Like, he's so tired of Daniel's son being up in his business all the That's time. It's so weird. It's like Julie is 50 times more irritating than Daniel's son ever was. But less clingy, probably. So maybe there's, like, that's a trade-off. <sighs> yeah, the... Anyway, okay, so, so that's the premise. That is the premise. The widow is gone. She's never appears in the movie ever again. Um, kind of seems like a bitch move since, like, look, you're. I get that you and your granddaughter are like having some troubles, but like, I don't think leaving the state for months, also like leaving the state while her birthday's supposed to happen in the next few weeks, as Hillary Swank mentions, is like kind of like what? what are you, that's an asshole thing to do. Yeah. It also like. Again, I'm going to keep doing this, going back to the Karate Kid. Like, you have Miyagi, the handyman, start to take Daniel under his wing as they get to know each other a bit. You don't have Daniel swooping in, or sorry, you don't have Miyagi swooping in and telling Daniel's mother, like, I'll take care of your son from here on out. Like, that's weird. weird. That's a weird thing to do. Like, they get introduced through this, like, she's coming into the house, slamming the door, and the next scene is, like, Miyagi's basically like, I'm your dad now. Right. like, that's fucked up. That's a weird That's a weird decision for all of these people to make. Um, also, we get a little bit of like, okay, one of the major problems of this movie is they can't figure out exactly what who Hilary Swank is and what her problem is. Like, okay, so she's a grieving orphan. We get that. She's also giving major season one Robbie vibes by breaking into a high school. Also, kind of, kind of edgy teen breaks back into school. Right, right. Like, okay, dude, what are you doing? Well, it turns out uh, she is nursing a hawk back to health. Um, she's keeping him in like a, this like pigeon cage that's on the school roof. She's doing it in secret. The hawk broke its wing somehow, and she found it, and she won't tell anybody about it, because otherwise they'll take the hawk away from her. Gotta be honest, I did not what? see the hawk twist. I, maybe I should have, but I was just thinking, like, if they had been, they tried to make this a more normal movie, and, and her a more normal teen, I know we didn't get up too much in high school, but, like, she could have snuck out to smoke a cigarette, see a guy, anything, literally anything but fixing a hawk's arm. I mean, it's really, it's so fucking bizarre, because it's like, alright, sorry, I, I don't, I'm, I'm gonna, like, go into this. Because it might be too soon to, but like the systemic problems with this movie, oh, you're God. like, yeah, I'm Is saying it. The it's Boston systemic. Police Department. My God, so incompetent. Yes, they are. Uh, it turns out that like there's some kind of motion sensor thing, so the police are informed when people break into the high school after hours, so they come after her and like 
when she's running away from them, she throws a flashlight at a police officer, which is like, that's, that's actually like... That's a like, billion years in jail. Right. That's actually like a felony, I think. Um, but then she, she runs out. And like, the thing is, it's like, okay, so we know that she's a grief-stricken teen, uh, but she loves animals, I guess. Except later on, like me, like when we get scenes where like Miyagi thinks she shows insufficient respect for life... I guess she... I, there's so many, like, things... Such a paper-thin characterization, because she's a grief-stricken teen, and again, Oscar winner Hilary Swank could have shown this in a number of ways, but to the extent that she mentions her parents, she's like, yeah, my mom was so beautiful, she had a face and eyes. My dad and was so wise and he funny. He was a man, I think. Right, like, it just... <laughs> I think that this is not the kind... I mean, you could have had a very, like good movie exploring grief but this isn't really that kind of movie so maybe you shouldn't have gone for it like that's a bit much um but yes miyagi is now her substitute dad we get interested in addition to knowing that like hillary swank like likes oh also with the bird thing like she has like a little falconer's glove and everything so that she can care for the hawk and i honestly was like oh, I bet her dad kept hawks. Like, this must be, like, a way of feeling connected to her dad. Otherwise, like, why would this teenage girl know how to nurse a hawk, out, out, like, back to health and, like, use a falconer's glove with it? She's a fucking weirdo. Right. There's no explanation for this ever. Like, wh- why would... I, I, they could have really easily just connected it to her backstory. So like, my dad loves hawks, and so do I, but they didn't. Yeah, Julie, no. Julia's giving major loser energy, and <laughs> and... You know, the next day when we finally get introduced to her high school landscape, which, by the way, is is the only thing really to take away from this movie, is how fucking weird this high school is. It's a super weird high so school. So it's, it's kind of like a military academy. It's, I don't know if it is. I mean, it's not a mil- It's a regular high school that has a really influential and powerful, like, ROTC program. Like, it, it really seems like there's a little, like, ar- like you know, army unit that's in training there. And, like, they're ruled by this colonel who's, like, an asshole. He's a proto-crease. Right. But this mili- what I think would make more sense is just being an ROTC unit. Do high schools have those? I don't know. Um, well, but maybe some of them do. That would make sense, but they're also a football team. Right. Like, and like that's only mentioned they're, they're doing by the like way black ops training exercises yeah. in the field mm-hmm. they're learning like weird self-defense stuff like they're i've never seen like, them actually practice football like and again hillary swank is a teenager in this but everyone in this high school is middle-aged and so yes. head bully ned his name is ned it gives the rapiest vibes of all time like i mean i will terrify i will say this about like her bull so you know of course we need bullies because it's a karate kid movie I kind of thought, like, because I just didn't know much about this movie, I kind of thought that they would go for female bullies because we have a female protagonist. I like that they, yes, I, I mean, I'm saying it, I like to think about this movie. I like that they were going for giving her a male bully because I think that that, like, icky, rapey energy, like, I was like, oh, it's more realistic why she would need self-defense skills. Because girls are terrible to each other, but yeah. they're less likely to, like, do exactly what, like, uh, like you know, the... Cobra Kai bullies did to Daniel. Like, that's not exactly how girls fight with each other. Like, they would fight with Julie by calling her a slut or something. But, like, I totally think that, yes, self-defense skills really come in handy when your bully is, like, this older guy who's, like, being mean to you but also, like, has rapey vibes towards you. I'm like, this is good. This is good. You're setting up, like, really good motivation for why she needs to learn karate. Nah, it doesn't really turn out that way, but, you know. Yeah, and then she has this different 40-year-old guy named Eric who's (laughs) also 
interested in her romantically, and they bond over the fact that he knows about her secret hawk. He finds her secret hawk. Yes, exactly. This is a major plot point, guys. Um, And, you know... Actually, Eric, who, again, is so, so old compared to Hilary Swank in this movie. I don't know how old the actor was in real life, but Jesus. I will say that, like, he was maybe, like, my favorite actor in the movie. Yeah, he's the, and it's, we looked him up, because why not? His age is unknown, but I promise you, he's probably in his 70s now. <laughs> um, but anyway, he he brings a very natural energy. Yes, he's For natural. what is an incredibly weird role, because he's like, okay, so I'm, like, flirting with this girl who's, like, keeping the secret hawk. I'm in this bizarre high school. He's part of the alpha elite, like, little, like, ROTC football squad. How much thought did you think they put into the name alpha elite? Oh, Jesus. Like, who the fuck are these writers? Like, the the dregs of L.A. writing class. I, I actually, like, everything about this movie, I'm like, it doesn't function like a movie. Like, it's like, none of the plot points make sense. God damn it. But, yeah, er- Eric McGowan is, just because maybe the actor, like, delivers his lines kind of casually, it doesn't seem to be taking all this too seriously, he comes across as pretty natural. Do you know why he likes Julie? No. Well, they explain it. Wait, why does he like Julie? Because she's angry. Oh, Really? That's why he likes yeah, her? Yeah, he said, you're angry, aren't you? And she goes, yeah. And he goes, I like that. Christ. <laughs> this is something to remember, folks, because later on in the movie, when she gets unangry, you're like, that was really your only character trait. I know. And, and you lost it. That's all so you had. Eric is, Eric sacrificed a lot. Right? For this, this I mean, she's not even the girl he fell in love with by the end. Um, God. So... Oh, other facts about Eric, because I think it's all just so bizarre. He's a high school student. He works as a security guard at a railway. I feel like I get a better sense of who Eric is than Julie. I mean, I do, because he just, again, this performance is just better than Hillary Swank's. Like, we know that his dad walked out six years ago, so he had to get a job. As a security guard, please keep in mind he is supposed to be in high school. That makes no sense. Uh, he wants to go to the Air Force Academy, and he's hoping that um, by being part of Alpha Elite, like, Colonel Asshole will write him a Dugan. letter of recommendation. Dugan, thank you. Um, so, yeah, actually, we know quite a bit about, like, Eric and his motivations. What do you think Colonel Dugan's motivations are? I mean... He has about ten lines in this movie, but he, Michael Ironside brings this kind of menacing energy. He, do, he, do, he does, and, like, there's, like, a sense that, like, the Alpha Elite, like... They're like his cult, and like he likes having power over them, kind of the way Kreese did with Cobra Kai. I, I guess. feel like he would go further than Kreese because Kreese always had a little bit of like the pout helped, but he was always kind of like making little quips. And Michael Ironside just wants murder, like right. Just I would say that I didn't exactly mind him. Like I, I wish, like if the rest of the movie had gone as over the top as Michael Ironside, maybe it would have worked in like that really batshit way that Karate Kid Three works. Oh yeah, I um, was missing. This is what I mean by, like, it matters when a movie was made because, like, it brings the energy of that. Like, the late 80s, coked up. I mean, sure, Terry Silver wasn't on the scene. But this one was just, like, they were trying to make an edgy high school movie and they failed spectacularly. It's kind of like the worst parts of Karate Kid 1 and Karate Kid 3. Or it's, it's none of the good stuff that was in Karate Kid 1 and none of the, like, enjoyably batshit stuff that was in Karate Kid 3. And like, it was worse than Karate Kid Part 2 because somehow. it didn't even have Chosen. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Karate Kid 2 was saved, like, Chosen by Chosen ziplining into the scene. I kept thinking if they had something like that, like they could have, they could have made it. But we're, I don't you want to skip ahead, right? But yeah, it's a copy of a copy of a copy. Ugh. Okay, so um, let's get back to 
the Miyagi and and Hillary Swank together yes. forever. Um, so Miyagi has an initial interaction with um, Dugan Michael Ironside at the field where he kind of tries to age shame Miyagi. And Miyagi tells a kind of classic story about an angry bull in his village. A bull harassed everybody. Like, it harassed women and, and children and old ha- people. Right. And then one day, there was a celebration, and all the villagers had a pretty good time. And, like, you know, Colonel Dugan is like, what? And Miyagi's like, they had bull soup that evening, which I thought was, like, kind of a nice thing. But he's telling Dugan, watch out. I'm I'll a murder cannibal. you and eat you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is pretty hard. Classic for. Miyagi threat. Okay. I, I didn't mind that. Um,. I minded so much else, but that was kind of like a, a fun little, little Miyagi moment. And honestly, I'd say the best scenes, and I, I really mean this, like, better scenes. Better scenes. All take place when we don't have to watch Hillary Swank do Ugh, anything. It's true. Because the second they they sort of, like, put in kind of a father of the bride, um, parent-child relationship, but also the energy was all sorts of weird. Mm-hmm. That's when it goes completely haywire. So they have, like, Miyagi's, like... Miyagi is like an extra in a music video or something, or like a, you know that, that Michael Jackson video, Black or White, where it's yeah. about the angry parents? So they have this montage, not even a montage, of Hillary Swank, they're trying desperately to give her some character traits and get her to act like a normal teen. So it's like she plays music loud sometimes. Yes. And... Um, she has a couple insecurities about her. Oh, God. Oh, this, sorry, I have to talk about this. This is what I'm talking about. It's like, there's like, okay. There's a moment where uh, she's like, a girl can't have too much makeup, and then she feels like insecure about her nose. And I was honestly, until that moment, I'm like, I thought you were a tomboy, man. I didn't realize that you were. Yeah, usually, weren't you supposed to be a tomboy? Usually, who if are you? Be this lazy with the characterization. They they like dig into their bag of tropes. Seriously, and they pick out like one. Pick one. But then they just grabbed a handful of random things. Right. It's like she's a clown. She's a falconer. She gets she's uh, an orphan. She's an orphan. She has anger management issues, but not enough to keep like a cute guy from digging her. Uh, she is. A tomboy who's kind of insecure about, like, going to a big dance at the end. But she also really likes makeup and going to the mall. Um, What, like, you just had to pick one. Like, she could have been, like, like, if they wanted to do the anger management thing, which it kind of seems like they settled on, like, it would be nice to see, like, her angry attitude, like, doesn't keep, like, this, this cute guy from being into her. It doesn't, like, stop her from doing anything. And she's not really particularly... She's not like, oh, I lost my temper and I feel terrible about it. She doesn't feel terrible about She's it. She's completely ordinary in every way and completely unremarkable. And there's, and it's not even clear why Miyagi would even. She's very unpleasant. It. I thought that was yeah, remarkable. like, like she's. That's the thing. It's like she's. I don't mind when characters are unpleasant as long as like other characters around them know that they're unpleasant and they suffer the consequences for being unpleasant. We can only think that something terrible had happened in Miyagi's life. Like maybe Danielson was. You know, had walked away from him for five years. And there's a void that he needs to fill with another, like, weird teenager. Except, again, Daniel was like, you can totally understand why somebody would want to help Daniel in the same way you'd, you'd understand why somebody would want to help Miguel, right? And but, all, like, yeah, and this the is... weird thing is, you don't even have to spend, like, Karate Kid 1 had was about as long as this movie. Right. An endless night. And look, I liked it. It was not a masterpiece, though. But it was pretty simple. But like, it's set up. It's set up like a movie. The relationship 
in just a few scenes where it's like he's new to town he doesn't know anybody he has a school bully they don't have they like pull that exact plot they added a random hawk and they and they don't even four-year-old bullies they do and the thing is at a certain point they kind of just like okay okay so like a few things happen where, like, Hilary Swank is so awful to Miyagi. Like, she, you know, and Miyagi's just like, can you please do your homework, please? And I'm just trying to, like, I'm just trying to teach you something. And she's like, teach me? You can't even speak English. Which I was just First like, I'm all, done with this bitch. I don't buy that Miyagi would give a single fuck about a teen's homework assignment. Especially a teen he met three days ago. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't have given a fuck about Daniel's homework. He well, just wanted to do part life lessons. <laughs> Like, Daniel dropped out of school, or dropped out of college, basically. Um, But, uh, so, like, Julie runs into the street because she's a weirdo and does things for no reason, and, like, a pizza delivery car almost hits her, but she jumps into as Miyagi notices tiger position to avoid it. And then there's, like, then there's, like, this moment where Miyagi's like, who taught you how to do that? Why do you know karate? Turns out Julie's dad taught her karate, which is a kind of neat thing, is that Julie's dad learned from his dad, uh, Julie's grandfather, and Julie's grandfather learned from Miyagi. So Julie's known Miyagi karate, like, a little bit all along, which I was like, oh, that's neat. Okay. Um, It's strange because it's like, Miyagi was like, Daniel has zero natural karate ability, but I enjoy spending time with him and I want to, like, mentor him. Whereas, like, he finds... I think he is kind of, like... They try to make it seem like he does have fondness for her, but he is very irritated by her. She's very irritating. It would but be super weird. like, just, wow, the prospect of a student... That who actually, actually is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had a turtle over that. Like, she seems like... The thing is, it's like, she, again, they don't really, like, do this movie right. Like, they should have had a scene, like, where, like, um, so they're, like, at that, that point when Miyagi learns that she knows some karate, she's like, well, can you teach me more karate? Maybe that'll help when I'm, like, dealing with, like, Dugan's goons. I'm like, but we haven't really seen Dugan's goons come after her. That scene comes later. Dugan's motivations are just completely absent. Like, the lead bully guy, obviously... Ned. Ned, right. He has a thing for Julie, wants to harass her. The rest of the alpha elite, I guess, are just following Ned's I guess. directions. They they don't they seem lost. Spiritually well, lost. Yeah, because like the next time we see him, this next scene after Julie says she needs to learn karate, even though like the need isn't there yet. Um she's going to the school to feed her stupid hawk. Alpha Elite don't talk about Angel that way. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> the hawk is named Angel. I forgot about that. Alpha Elite is just waiting at the school. Um, why are they waiting at the school? They're like, the cops said it was a girl who like broke into the school before. So they assume the girl is Julie, and they assume that she'll break in again. Oh my god, so the like Alpha Elite are like the paramilitary of Boston suburbs? I mean, I that actually is giving them more credit that like maybe they're trying to keep people from breaking into the school. But to me, it sounded like Ned... Really wants to harass Julie. They really shouldn't have said this in Boston. They really should have said it in like a small town, like the town from Footloose, where it's like <laughs> Dugan runs this town. Man. Maybe that would have worked better. Yeah, because it's just more like you're like it's Boston. I've seen Boston. Like yeah, they don't have this like weird troop. Well, maybe who knows? It's been a while, but like they're just hanging out at the school. I don't think that they're waiting for anybody. Like I don't think they're just trying to keep people from breaking in. I think that they're specifically waiting for Julie. 
They just assume that she'll come back. And Ned just wants the opportunity to harass her. And none of this makes any sense. Like, and it could have made sense easier. Like, they just, they had that one scene setting up that, like, Ned's in, Ned's kind of, like, into Julie and also likes harassing her. Look, that's sadly, like, not an unknown dynamic, like, that happens. Like, um, I think they could have, like, set up, like, other scenes that make her think, like, shit, I gotta learn to defend myself. That make more sense than them lying in wait. The Falcon. Yeah, just give her to the Falcon, guys. They could have removed, shoot the Falcon. Shoot the Falcon. I'm sorry. I'm pro bird. I'm anti Hillary Swank at this point. Oh, jeez. But okay, so I want to move through basically what I felt was the cringiest set of scenes, which is oh, by broadly the way. classified as Miyagi learning about women. Oh God, yes, please let's do that. The ways of girlhood. Okay, so. There's a Miyagi dress shopping montage. Mm -hmm. No, sorry. It's a full-on scene where he's fucking with a saleswoman where he's like, yeah, I'm looking for a dress. He's trying to get her a dress for prom because she's like, I have nothing to wear. And that's the most logical thing for him to go to the store and get her a dress. He would just hand her money. Is Miyagi poor, you think? Because I wonder if he was just like trying to house it. It's a pretty nice house. You think he's a grifter? It's a free trip. I mean, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You're like whining and dining the widow, you're right? Like, yeah, you're. Miyagi's gotta, gotta have I'll, some kind I'll of look angle. Over this teen. Sure. I'll, yeah. I would have respected Miyagi so much more if he's just like I'm I mean, just he here did try to... to get Julie to like wax the car or whatever, and she wasn't having. Oh it. yeah, she wasn't having it. So it's just like I would have been done with her at that point. It was. I mean, I'm glad we were spared those scenes, but like. It's clear that the Miyagi method, which was part of the charm of the entire Karate Kid right? movies, like they just cut right through that. Well, they like, he's taken her to the monastery. Like, they give tomorrow. her one scene where like Miyagi sets her up with a babysitting job, and like then like gets all the kids to throw stuff at her, and so she gets good at throwing stuff back. But it's not it's not the wax on wax off stuff. Oh no! Yeah, I mean, Come there's on. there's such an absence of soul in this. In this sequel. Every... And they could have just made the exact same choices all over again, and people would have eaten that shit Yeah, up. you know, like, they make a million iterations of the high school movie with the high school bully, and people still watch it. Yeah. And, and the weird thing is, like, John Hughes made billions of dollars off of this. Right. Millions. But, like, he only made, like, a handful of movies, and they all had the same stock characters. And, you know... Hats off to Molly Ringwald, but it's like, you can actually sell that story. Yep. And, like, really, they just needed to pick one personality trait for Julie instead of seven that don't make any sense. And, oh, yeah, like, with the Miyagi learning about the ways of women, there's, like, an awkward scene where, like, he walks in on uh, Julie changing, and she screams, and, like, you know, Miyagi apologizes profusely, and it's like, you know, I lived with Daniel's son, and... You know, we would walk into each other's room all the time, which I'm like, that's not appropriate either, dude. I think yeah, um, <laughs> heavy editing. You know what was interesting? It's like I feel like the writers or whatever the uh, L.A. improv dropouts that wrote the script. I, I feel like as they were writing it, they knew they were making a terrible movie, and so they were like, "How do we? How do we like minimize the differences? So let's just make." Uh, heighten Julie's like differences as a girl. So they like make Miyagi say all this stuff where like Miyagi not only knows women, Miyagi has known many women. Oh, and I don't really think he would be that right. Like and put off by what loud teen music. I think Miyagi would tell her to turn it down. Honestly, it's kind of weird that like or Miyagi would like cut the power. Like, right, that's zany Miyagi. Right, that's zany Miyagi, and this Miyagi is sort of like, oh my god, I just—it's like a bumbling, like I don't know how to father, be a father to a daughter. Where it's just like, 
Also, and the thing is, like, the grandmother's coming back, presumably. God, like, I don't know. Like, he doesn't actually have to formally adopt this girl. Right, thank you. He does not need to father her. He didn't... God, as much as, like, Daniel, like, saw him as a father figure, in Karate Kid 1, he's not stepping up to be Daniel's father. He's just, like... I don't know. He's just a guy who likes Daniel and is trying to mentor him. Like, you didn't have to, like, go all in on this. Also, I feel like... I feel like the writers are like, okay, if it's Karate Kid and it's a girl... Like, how does that make things different? It's like, she obviously. She period in the middle of kata. Right. And, like, obviously, like, there's got to be a scene where she screams and Miyagi, like, accidentally walks in on her. And I'm like, what? Miyagi takes her bra shopping. I mean, it could have been worse. <laughs> I think they guys. might have gone there. Yeah. I mean, like this was probably the third draft. Uh, so, after this idiotic scene where, like, Alpha Elite, lure, like, tries to attack Julie in the school, she... I get suspended. Get suspended. I don't even want to talk about, like, why. I, the, yeah, the, the dynamics at this high school are so perplexing that there is, a pr- like, a principal that I guess is, like, functionally impotent. Like, because it's Colonel Dugan who's like, Julie's lying. Right. It's, it, they okay. write it like it is a military academy. So Julie gets suspended for no reason. For two weeks. And, and she's very chill about it because now she gets to go off on her Miyagi adventure, which Miyagi's just like, I guess he wasn't trying to grift it, like, the house because he like goes to visit these monks kind of grips off them for a bit yeah that's true he does and and i feel like the whole conceit of this side trip was okay wait before we get to the monk should we talk about the gas station scene yeah sure there's so many scenes that just just jammed into this movie that make no fucking sense. They, they serve no purpose and they make no sense so julie goes to this gas station and it's like it's honestly, like, if the whole movie is just, like, this is what it means to be a teenage girl in Boston, it is terrifying, guys. Because there's, like, these three hicks, again, it's very it's redneck I don't understand what they're trying to say I don't know where this. area. I don't know where this Japanese monastery is located. I think it's, like, it seems like it's, like, somewhere in the mid-Atlantic. I don't know where they're running into, like, these three rednecks, but they somewhere they do, yeah. And I guess one of the rednecks, they don't even, like, get up to harass Julie. They're, like... They're going to psychically convince their attack dog. This to, like, dog growl. starts like growling at Julie and like, I guess the rednecks are laughing a little bit. Um, and then Miyagi comes into the gas station and just says hi to the dog. And the dog is instantly like, kind of like tame and like, like a puppy, which, oh, okay. He's like a dog whisperer now. And um, yeah. then the rednecks get mad about this because they're like, he turned my dog into a chicken. Like, do you think Miyagi just has an energy where like, he just incites people to fight him i think so i think he's like grinning all the way when he's like oh i just fight in self-defense but something about him is yeah, like so he's he, trying to rile he people takes up out all of the hicks and then it's not really like julie is impressed because that's i guess another trait of hers she's, she's impressed like, by karate she changed her mind about miyagi in like 10 minutes yeah that's true like she was all like fuck you you don't even speak english you're now not my, she's we like didn't even get a you're not my dad we needed a you're not my dad scene and it was the whole movie is a you're not my dad. Right. Like, why not just say it? You're not my dad. You're just this guy who moved in. And she seems, like, fairly calm about the fact that she's going to this meditation center run by, like, six or seven monks. Um, I don't know how they're affording the rent or what they're doing all day, but um, Julie learns the power of karate through... Honestly, more direct exercises and things, but, like, also a vegan diet. Yeah, and, like, in in the monastery, she tries to kill a cockroach that's, like, on the table, and all the monks are offended because they respect all life. And, like, you know, Miyagi gives her a lecture about respecting living things. And I was just like, 
This movie cannot figure out what Julie's problem is. Like, actually, I... Sorry, we can get to this at the end, but I thought about of about like seven alternative versions of this movie that would have made more sense. Like, for instance, maybe like if Julie was a violent person who hurt people yeah. and she was learning to not be so violent, this would have made sense. But like Julie's a person who's nursing a hawk back to health. Oh my god. What if Julie actually murdered her parents? <laughs> <laughs> Julie is a sociopath and Miyagi realizes midway that it's not going to be karate. She's going to use the karate against him. So at the end of this, we're going to go through my seven ways this movie would have been better, and then we're going to go through Nina's seven ways this and movie could have... And teams up with the monks yeah. to drive her out of town. Could have been amazing, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, God. This monk section is so long. Um, I don't... Again, like, I guess it's like the whole thing seems to be about her learning, like, monk things like don't be nice to living things and be patient and calm and i guess they're trying to say her real problem is anger management is that what they're trying to do what's with this is that midway i mean like okay so two things i noticed is that she gets a bandana from um from miyagi pretty fucking quick they've uh, they've known each other now like a week yeah and she gets this bandana again danielson had to earn that Mm-hmm. And the only thing I'm relieved at is that there were no bonsai. Like, they're not going to desecrate the memory of... There should have been bonsai, Nina. I mean, give her something to do. She doesn't have to she do She doesn't anything. have anything to do. Like, at this monastery, like, I thought they would give her, like, some stupid thing where it's like, you're going to need to build a rock tower or whatever. Like, one of those things that teaches you a lesson. But I honestly am just like, how is she spending all the days here? It must be so boring. She has, like, one karate exercise. She doesn't even have a karate montage. That's true. She's just lurking around this monastery, bored out of her mind. At one point, she, like, takes a praying mantis from a flower and, like, doesn't kill it and shows a monk. And the monk's, like, really happy, like, she's learned a lesson. And I'm like, I think you just took that praying mantis from its habitat and, like, just moved it, like, to a whole different habitat. You know, we've talked about how Miyagi... Um, I wonder if his whole, like, good at karate thing is just a bit of a performance, and it's for these, like, very naive teens, and apparently their family that gets bought into it. I wonder if this is not even a monastery. It's just, like, his goofy, like... It's like an improv troupe that's just, like, method acting or something. Yeah. um, It's really bizarre. This whole scene is so, like... I don't know. Like, at one point, the monks are dancing to the cranberries, and I didn't hate that because watching oh, monks I do things. That out. Wow, and that only happened an hour ago. Right? Well, the thing is, it's just that watching monks do anything is funny. Like, watching nuns do anything. Even when it's not that funny, I'm like, still like, eh, fine. I'll take what I can get. They sing Happy Birthday to Julie, and Julie's now best friends with them and, like, wants them to come you visit her in Boston. talk about how messed up it is that. They're like, you can have any wish, and she doesn't wish for her parents to be alive again. Oh, come on. I think she's asking for an achievable wish. Oh, please. If you're not asking for the moon at that age, you're never... She wishes that they would come visit her in Boston, and I'm like... This what is... else do they have to do, to be honest? Oh, yeah, I know. But they're like, oh, yeah, it's been a while like, since you left. I got the sweet house sitting gig. <laughs> come on, guys. Crash with me. Uh they do, spoiler alert, eventually come visit her in Boston, but not before, um, when Julia and Miyagi get, look, I can't express to you how many, how long these monastery scenes f- feel, and, like, they don't really do anything, because, like, we go back to the action, and I guess, maybe they're doing this in substitute for actual character development, because Julie is now, she no longer has an anger management problem. Which means that she had, she now has no personality, because... 
we are spared her angry facial expression. Which was awful, God. But, like, now it's unclear, like, what her whole deal is. She's just a person now, like a per- like a blank slate. And honestly, I prefer it because angry Julie was just kind of like, why would anybody be helping this girl? Why wouldn't anybody like just, yeah, just punch I, her into traffic? I actively lost respect for Eric because there's a scene where Julie, in the midst of just two weeks away, decides she's going to call Eric at effective this military boarding school. Pretending situation. to be his mom so she thinks it's like an emergency. And that runs, that puts Eric on Dugan and Ned's bad side for Because some Dugan is like, if you leave to take this call from your mother, you're out of this program and you're never going to get a record recommendation for me to the air force dugan is mad with power right and like i get that and like i like that eric like actually just like leaves like you know eric's not flirting with this whole like am, am i part of this group or not he's just like eh no thanks and then he goes and takes his call from julie Oops, he thinks it's his mom it's actually julie oh my god she's asking how the hawk is i'd be pretty pissed like i know i did I, give up my my dream to be part of the air force academy for this right. he gives up a lot and this is not even gonna we're not even getting to the part where eric other bad things happen to eric in oh this yeah movie, guys but julie comes back super zen super positive the principal who again we've never seen before is like wow you're like a changed woman and she goes up to eric and She's like, hi, Eric, where's the Falcon? Right? Like, how are you, Eric? How's it going, Eric? Do you have a new dream now that you're never going to the Air Force? Eh, okay. How's the The, Falcon? The best thing about this movie is really how Ned the Bully, like, rolls up on people. (laughs) So, like, they're going up to their secret Falcon spot to check on the Falcon. Not so secret anymore. Ned is, like, a foot behind them. But yeah, it turns out Bully Ned called Animal Control. Oh, so evil. What's hilarious to me is that like Karate Kid Part 3, Mike Barnes was genuinely terrifying. He dangled Daniel off a freaking cliff. Daniel could have died. And he was like about to take that bonsai and just fucking tear his limbs off. And I thought, okay, he's murdered this hawk, right? Like that's what he's done. Right, that'd be be, like the psycho bully thing to do. yeah, Yeah, this gang of like military elite they've burned this bird to the ground instead they he calls animal control which somebody probably should have done it's a very tame thing for a bully in this kind of movie to do right and the great thing is the resolution of this oh and by the way like uh bully ned and eric have like a bit of a fight on the roof but like you know uh afterwards julie and miyagi go to an animal shelter and pick up the hawk it was really the hawk is fine. It was a tense minute when we weren't sure what would happen to the hawk. Turns out the hawk is fine. The like, hawk is fine. what did you think animal control was going to do to a hawk? And what's weird is like, why would they release Julie it to Julie? Like, hey, exactly. <laughs> no one is looking out for Angel in this movie, right? Because, because Miyagi's like, hey, the hawk is healed. You have to let this hawk go. It's not your therapist. Get a real one. Mm-hmm. And Julie's like, he needs me. And then they unbandage the hawk, and the hawk is like, later. Right, and you're kind of wondering, like, did was this like Munchausen by proxy or this something? Like, was the hawk fine all along? This is false imprisonment. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit like... I kind of thought what they were doing with the the animal cruelty thing at the monastery was like trying to teach Julie that, like, you know what? Like, like you know, when she takes that praying mantis and moves it to another, like, bush, I thought the monk was going to be like, why'd you move that animal that was doing perfectly fine? Like, I think with the hawk, it's like, why are you keeping this actually perfectly well bird, like, imprisoned in, like, 
a pigeon coop so you can talk to it when you probably should be contacting someone with expertise oh my God. in animals the like this. The R-rated misery version of this movie right. is like it heals and she keeps breaking its wing. Right? Oh my God. <laughs> and it's like also, since we never got the scene that I was expecting where she talks about her dad taught her all about how to heal and hawks back to health. And a hawk. Oh my God. <laughs> and that she is the hawk's offspring. I'm like... You are probably making it worse. What do you know about bandaging a bird's wing or, like, healing a raptor back to health? She doesn't know about makeup. She doesn't know about picking out dresses. But she does know about hawks, Luffa. Actually, in this movie, because this character is so all over the place, there's a scene where she talks about how a girl can never have too much makeup. And then later a scene where she's like, I don't own a dress to go to the senior prom because they can't decide whether she's a tomboy or a girly girl. You're so reductive, Lutha. She's both. And uh, she's a falconer. God. And she's a falconer and she knows karate kind so, of. So anyway, fast forward to like out of nowhere, Julie's like, yo, I'm going to prom. With Eric. I mean, we never see her ask, but There's whatever. There's a cringy Him- scene of Miyagi dancing with her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Miyagi teaches her how to waltz because she's worried well, thing is, again, this is part of the whole, like, is she supposed to be a girly girl or a tomboy or what are you doing? Also, and is she an alien? Because she does live in 1994 and they don't play waltzes and she, dances. She's like, I'm not even going to go to senior prom because I don't have a dress and I don't know how to waltz. Yeah, they're playing CNC Music Factory at this place. Right. And she's like, oh no, I don't know how to do the Charleston. So, yeah, right. It's bizarre. Miyagi, of course, because now Miyagi is not just like... A mentor. He's decided that he must be her father. Like, well, he's trying to get that house. I think. I think so. I'm trying to get. I mean, if you want to get in good with the widow, bang the widow. Just bang the widow. Take the shortcut. Um, he teaches her how to dance the waltz by like. I didn't like the scene he exactly. Hungry eyes. Oh Jesus. <laughs> um, but he teaches. He starts teaching it like it's a kata and karate, and then very smoothly transitions it into a waltz. The only part that I liked was that. He said that, like, his old, like, army buddy, like, that, that the widow's husband, like, who was, like, uh, his captain, like, while he, Miyagi taught him karate, this guy taught him how to waltz, which I was like, that's a nice little touch. Yeah, he's old, so he's picked up a few things. He's picked up a few things. He knows a few things about a few things. Um... God, I I feel I really do feel like the writers of this movie were like, well, like, how would it be different to have a girl karate kid? I guess you'd have to teach her how to waltz and buy her a dress at some point. You could have had, he could have taught Daniel some of that. That would have been charming. That actually honest. would have been much more charming. I, I think it's just weird that... We we don't know, like, there's so many things wrong with this movie that it, it doesn't even come down to Hilary Swank as Patient Zero. It's, it's the plot it, holes, it's Miyagi not even really being Miyagi. It's, yeah, he's not really, like, zany Miyagi. Um, you know, like, because the Miyagi of Karate Kid, Kid, like, in addition to being zany, like, you know that scene in Karate Kid 1 where, like, He's been, like, a good mentor to Daniel and, like, you know, like, just Daniel's a sweet kid and needs him. But there's a scene where, like, Miyagi gets very drunk on the anniversary of his wife's death. Right. And, like, Daniel's kind of taking care of him. And it's, like, it's a cool thing to remind you that he's not, like, this, like, weird, like, saint, zen saint. He's, like, a human being. He has feelings. Maybe Miyagi went to AA and is, (laughs) you know, on the straight and narrow now. And, like, you're adopting another kid and, and just, uh, like, and not even a nice kid, like a shit kid. It's like, you're not a zen saint. Stop doing this. I wish you were just trying to nail the widow. That would have that would have that been an amazing I would have watched a movie about that. And the widow dies. He's like, I'm stuck. No. <laughs> no. Um, 
Okay, let's talk about, first of all, while Eric, who, by the way, again, the best actor in this movie, he does have a kind of strange scene where, like, Eric picks up Julie for the dance, the monks and Miyagi go off bowling. Oh, yeah, the monks are visiting. Yeah. But Eric is in the car, and I swear to God, I don't know if it's, like, he makes this like very. He's like complimenting Julie, and he drives off the road. He no, he drives on a one way street in the wrong direction. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. There's something about that scene. I, I was like, honestly like, "What are you trying to do, man? Like Julie, like what yeah, are you thought, doing with this scene? Are I you thought, trying to show that he's actually a psychopath?" Yeah, I thought they were going to do some sort of like abrupt personality change. Right. It's like, it's like he's been he, working with Alpha Elite all yeah, along. I mean, again, like all these plot twists that we mentioned that didn't happen would have made this movie better. Yeah, all of them would. Honestly, even that batshit thing because it's just like he like, seems like a totally normal guy. He's like, "You look great in the dress. You look like you, but not you." Again, when implying Which is a that, horrible compliment, guys. Don't ever tell anybody. That. I mean, honestly, like that implies that Julie's like a tomboy. Which again would have been a trait to go with, but they're they're not. They've never actually applied that. It's crazy. Um, but he's so enamored with her in a dress, he doesn't know that he's driving against traffic and nearly kills some people. Tragically, Eric dies midway. <laughs> right? They get to give her something to really grieve about. But anyway, uh... they go to the dance. Weirdly, did you see? I don't know if you caught it, but like she, like there, it's like the music slows down and she starts weirdly doing kata. And, oh, I didn't catch that. Oh. Yes. And it's like, are you an alien? That's how she learned how to waltz, Nina. And That's, waltzing is a thing that people so do fucking here at this school dance. And Eric, I don't know what's going on with this guy. He he doesn't seem like perturbed at all. He's like, you're not angry anymore. You apparently don't know how to dance. But that's okay, because you're just a crazy alien, and I like you. Yeah, um, you had to pick out your dress. Right. Like, none of this makes any sense. I keep saying that. I will stop saying that. It goes without saying. But, oh, yeah. Um, then you got this moment. And for me, I was, like, so excited. Because you see there's three alpha elite. They have strapped themselves to the ceiling of the high school gym, and they are bungee jumping off of it. They break right into, like, this white gazebo they had, like, on a platform. And I was like, yes, they've come to attack. It's the chosen ziplining-in moment. What would have made it even better is if they'd ziplined in, and then turns out Alpha Elite is actually a kamikaze squad. Nice. And body parts go flying everywhere. (laughs) And it's just death and destruction and like... And it's kind of like Carrie where like this is her origin story. Well, actually, I was going to say like if they were... I was honestly like, what are you guys ruining? Like it's not like Hilary Swank was prom queen and like you bungee jumped in to like ruin her moment or to attack anybody. They just bungee jumped in as a prank. Yeah. That's it. And it's like... Actually, the kids don't really seem like... They're like, oh, okay, it's Alpha Elite doing Alpha right. Elite things. It's like so so little payoff for something that could have been... Nobody so... wants to be in this movie. Right? Absolutely nobody. Oh, God. And then at this point, um, you have like... Alpha, like What's his name? Uh, Eric and like Julie are just like leaving the dance. And then meanwhile, Ned and some of the Alpha Elite are kind of scowling behind them. Bungie jumping incident all forgotten. And they're like... You know, like, I think that McGowan called them, like, idiots for, like, doing the bungee jumping thing in the first place. Um, And, like, obviously McGowan, like, this is Eric, Eric McGowan, he was a part of Alpha Elite, and then he left. And, like, so, like, there's some muttering among, like, the Alpha Elite that they should get him, and that he's sort of, like, and also he's with Julie, who Ned clearly had a thing for, so they're like, "Mm, we should challenge him. And you know what? It occurred to me here that 
Eric is actually a better protagonist. I hate this. For the Girl Karate Kid movie, Eric McGowan, her love interest, is a better protagonist than Julie because it's like, there's a real... It makes sense. They have set up actually pretty well, like why they Alpha Lead is after him. Daniel. They did. He joined this thing and like, yeah, he made, he seems like a nice enough guy. Uh, he made enemies of like these, the Alpha Elite by sort of like he was part of them and like any cults, they don't like it when you leave. And also like he's dating the girl that like the leader of the Alpha Elite was into. All of these things that like, I'm not saying that make him like, they make him a great protagonist, but they make, it, it just makes more sense. And, and not like, just that, but, like, Ned rolls up once again, stalker Ned, and just as Eric and Julie are about to kiss, and he bashes in their windows with a bat, and then he's just, like, he doesn't even, like, continue the fight there. He's, like, to the docks. I'm, like, why does it have to be at the docks? Well, that's because he's trying to lure Eric into right. that trap. Okay. The Machiavellian plot. Yeah, Eric is just, like, all right, I'm going to settle this once and for all, and, like, Julie's, like, wait, but I he runs change. off. Yeah, Julie has to change and, like, gather the monks. Wait, she doesn't actually gather the monks. The monks don't come. Gather Miyagi. But Eric goes to the docks, thinking it's going to be a one-on-one fight. Obviously, Eric, dude, if it was going to be a one-on-one fight, it would have just been in the street. Instead, it's at the docks where, like, all the alpha leader there and Dugan is there. Can we talk about how they start by lighting his car on fire? They do start by lighting his car on fire. His car has been through Absolute a lot. Absolute fucking lawless town. Man, like the windows, and like he likes this car. We know that about Eric, too. We know way more about Eric than we probably That's should. That's right. His, his, like, we actually heard about his backstory and, like, the car means He a saved lot the him. car from the junkyard, and he's, like... We only know three things about Eric, and that's more than we know about Julie. Right. And we understand, like, why the Alpha Elite and Dugan, like, you... I understood... Like, it's batshit, but I'm like, Dugan's a cult leader of this little, like, squad of high school students. Of course he wants to punish this one that, like, stepped out of line. So it's not just a one-on-one fight. They're all, like, beating the shit out of, out of, uh, Eric. And it's, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty bad. Yeah, and it's weird because, like, it automatically, like, you don't even need to know anything about scripting to mean that, like, five-on-one makes Eric the protagonist. Like, yeah. he's... This is his arc now. This is his arc, yes. And it's weird because, like, right as the fight or whatever, the beatdown ends, Miyagi and Julie roll up. Oh, yeah. And this is when Dugan also establishes his uber evil cred when he tells, when he tells, like, Ned and some of the other alpha elite to finish uh, Eric. And the thing is, he's not as goofy as Kreese. Yeah, it, it's also a little bit like Chris, you know, like Karate Kid Two or whatever, when he like basically tries to choke da- uh, Johnny Lawrence out. Like he's angry, like he's doing because he's like he in a fit of rage. He tries to choke him out. I'm a little bit like Dugan. I, I mean, I have this complaint about Cobra Kai in the later seasons too, where it's like Dugan, like you can't actually murder this kid on the docks. How are you going to dispose of his body? Well, you know what? Maybe they can. Whatever. Look, there are ways. It's there are ways. outside of Boston or in Boston. Yeah. Maybe. Look, town. okay, whatever. You know what? This is the least unrealistic thing in the movie. Hazing incident gone too far. I got it. But uh, um, this is exactly when Julie and Miyagi show up. And I'll, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so poor Eric, who is face down, bloodied, um, is surrounded by all of the thugs and Julie, I guess, challenges what's his face Ned, Ned to a fight. And Ned, who again, Ned is all over the place. Ned feels challenged. Ned's like, "Fine, this is ridiculous. I'm going to do this." And again, there's no signature move that like like Miyagi had been training Daniel and like 
a certain whatever kata and like right and the crane kick was crane like kick, a... right and it's weird because julie already knows the crane kick and she's been working on some jumps but like uh, yeah i guess was... we saw her work on that jump a little bit in the monastery but there's no signature move and also like so eric was lured into this trap and like they're fighting him because he's like a defector from their little cult unit and you know also some jealousy on ned's part um there's no once Julie and Miyagi show up. The next thing is for them to like take him to the hospital. That that's the next logical yeah, step. Yeah, he weirdly just gets up and he's got a little bit right. of blood on him. But they were wailing on him for. Like, they were five wailing minutes. on him. He needs to go to the hospital. That is what Julie and Mr. Miyagi should be doing. Instead, Julie challenges Ned to a fight. Um, Eric very sensibly is like, "Don't do that." And he's right. There's no reason for her to like fight Ned. Like. And also, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's absolutely no reason. Ned's not challenging her to a fight. Mayagi has said many times, you fight in self-defense. And at this moment, they are not. They insulted her honor, but it's like, they beat up Eric. They burned his car. Right. And she says, I'm never, like, when when Eric's like, no, don't do this. I expected Miyagi to be like, yeah, no, this is not a self-defense fight. You're, you're like... I don't know what this fight is about, but it's not that. They could have had Alpha Elite, like, be the ones that murdered her parents. Something! Something, anything. Like, honestly, Alpha Elite at this point, like, they've beaten the shit out of Eric. They're not really threatening Julie because, honestly, like, they're like, there's just this girl and old man here, whatever. We've, like, already, like, fucked up this guy. Um, Miyagi's, like, I think Julie's self-justification here is, like, I'll never have self-respect for myself until I do this. I'm like... You need to get a personality first. Right. I'm like, what... Like, that that only makes sense if you were like, I feel like I lost respect for myself because I ran away from too many fights, but now I am stepping up to a fight. Like, n- no, that never happened to Julie. And Miyagi, shockingly, is like, she's right. She's got to do this. Ned, shockingly, is like, okay, I want to do this, which is like, okay, you know, I'm sorry. There's, like, context when, like, like I said, I didn't mind the idea of Ned being Julie's bully. And, like, the context when, like, a bunch of guys, like, trying to attack a girl, like, come up, are, like, creepy context when they're all, like, trying to, like, assault her. Instead, Dugan is like, yes, Ned, you shall fight her one-on-one and destroy her. And it's like... Like, Dugan has no honor. That's not... Also, that's, like, not what Dugan would... Like, yeah. that... Right? Like, Dugan wants, like, people to fight to prove their manhood, and beating up a girl doesn't prove your manhood. Yeah, they still want to make this a children's movie. Right. It's like, no, they... I mean, honestly, realistically... And I think that they should have just gone in this direction. Like, why not? Like, they would be fighting. They they would be trying to assault her. And she would need to fight them off. It would not be a, an honorable, like, Dugan being like, yes, it shall be a one-on-one battle. Is that, like, that's what they were going with, like, the chosen Kumiko thing. There's they, yeah. tons of rape shit. Right. In Karate Kid Part 2. And I don't know if, like, I don't know what the rating is. I have to think it's PG-13. But maybe, like, the 90s were a more innocent time. And they were like... Her central conflict is she's got this falcon and she wants to help. God it. damn! And they I hate know. her for it. I, it's, she hates America, right? Oh god! And like, so she fights Ned, and it's really a disappointing ass fight. As you said, she has no signature move. I don't know. There's a lot of cuts. It's like a stupid yeah, fight. Yeah, slow mo is doing a lot of work. Right. So she she get she beats Ned. Cool. Then Dugan is like, it's not over. Like she. You'll fight Morgan. You'll fight this guy. You'll fight other member of Alpha Elite. 
again, like, this makes no sense that he would, like, want her to keep having one-on-one fights with his boys. Like, what Dugan would basically say, like, a guy like Dugan would be like, fuck it, she's a girl. Like, just, like, all of you can attack her behind the dumpster while I, like, go off and smoke a cigarette. You know what I mean? Like, this honorable combat thing makes no sense. It's Um, so strange because it's almost like they couldn't do another Cobra Kai, not without Kreese, you know? So, like... They have to come up with, like, another fucking budget version of Cobra Kai. Right. Like, and I don't even hate the concept of there being, like, an ROTC that's gone rogue or something. I really don't. Like, like it makes no sense what they're doing here. And, like, eventually all the alpha elite are, like, this is how they're, the control over them has been broken They've, I don't know, they've, they've seen Ned go down. They no longer want to fight Julie or anybody. Eric and has had his life ruined. Eric has had his life ruined. Day. He's just there, though. Um, and then, like, uh, at this point... Oh, and also I thought it was, like... I, I, again, I was just like, it's very confusing to me how Julie gets to fight people one-on-one, but Eric, like, had to, like, basically face five-on-one. And I was like... I think this movie is trying to do a lot of, like, cake. It's weirdly sexist. It's trying to have its cake and eat it, too. Like, it's, it wants to be like, no, it's Julie's movie. She's the next Karate Kid. She gets the final fight. But we don't want to imply that Julie is better than her boyfriend. She's yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. She and can fight him one-on-one. She can't fight five-on-one, which, you know what? Nobody can fight five-on-one, but, like, that's... Like either they get some women writers or they do it like they did um, Ripley in the Alien movie where, like... It was, it was written to be like a gen, like a man's character, which is why like she was allowed to have a personality and like she wasn't talking about how her boobs hurt or something. I don't right. know. And like, in the same way, like Sarah Connor, like I don't know. This is just like there's a way to write a woman character where like, yeah, and you don't have to be unrealistic. Like you do not like. I'm not saying that you should have featured Hillary Swank beating up five guys at the same time. Like. I think but that also it was... it's a Karate Kid movie, and absolutely nothing is rooted in reality. No, that's true. Like, but like, I, I don't really need to see Hillary Swank beat up five people at the same time to show girl power. I don't need her to necessarily be like a super person. But it is sort of like this is a dumb final fight that has no emotional stakes and makes no sense. And then, of course, you get uh, Crazy Dugan like being all crazy, and Miyagi puts him in his place, and. <laughs> Then we get a hawk flying away, I think. Yeah, that's what we get. Yeah, they couldn't even figure out a way to sort of end this convoluted plot. Like, maybe Eric should have sworn, you know, bloody vengeance against Hillary Swank for ruining his life. The hawk is like, I was never hurt. You you broke my wing. I think that you kept me in a cage. Right. Oh, and of course, like, when she releases the hawk, after it turns out the hawk can fly, like, Miyagi's like, you know, the hawk just needed to heal herself and then believe in herself or whatever. I'm like, so, I mean... Some real fortune cookie shit. Right. I'm like, at this point, Hilary Swank, she is a bird with a broken wing. She's an angry girl who can't trust. She's a tomboy. She's a girl who likes makeup and dresses and just wants to live her life. And you're not my dad. She's, um... She's 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 so many different things. Um, the monks go bowling. I didn't mind that. Oh my god. The Zen bowling. Guys, you didn't even really miss much because it was just, we were spared the Hillary Swank scenes when we, like, cut to Miyagi. Like, Pat Morita's just trying to get paid, okay? At this point, like, he knows there's not too much ground left to cover. Everyone's gone from the franchise. This was the last sort of Karate Kid outing for him. And... 
I don't know. It, it's sort of sad that it had to end that way because I think Karate Kid Part 3 would have been the way to go, you know? Like, he went out happy in that movie. That's true. I think so. He was like, like he this was is bad shit, but I'm okay with this. Like, Daniel's son in that movie, like, came to him, hat in hand, was like, these bullies are threatening to, like, kill me. God, Miyagi was such an asshole And Miyagi movie. was like... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really want to get up in the morning for that. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like bending over backwards for this like ungrateful high school maybe student. Maybe that's why Danielson. That maybe that's why Danielson stopped talking to him because he's. He it's never, like remember that time that people dangled me off a cliff and you were like, I still won't train you for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Okay, how would you make this movie better? Wait, no. Let's start with how I would make this movie better, because yours are going to be more fun than mine, and we're not ending on mine. Um, <laughs> High bar. Right. I would say that, like, I, like, again, they needed to pick one personality trait for Julie. Like, we're not even asking her to be, like, very complex, but I think that they could have gone, if they wanted it to be, like, angry Julie, they should have done, like, basically, you ever see Girl Fight? Which, no. Oh, it's a great movie. We should actually watch, we should have watched that instead of this. Girl Fight is, like, um... Uh, Michelle Rodriguez is in that movie. It's like one of her first movies. And she's like an angry girl. She gets in fights at school. Like it's like she gets like in trouble for punching other girls, which again, like that's not usually the way girls like interact with each other. And so like she gets in a lot of trouble for that and gets a lot of flack for that. And like all the girls think she's a psycho, which is sort of like, I like that portrayal of the angry girl because it just shows, like, it's not a cute personality trait. It's something that can cause you problems. Like, yeah. And she learns to box. She's already, like, a good fighter, but she sort of learns to challenge it. And, like, a lot of it is just about her sort of, like, she doesn't become, like, a sweet, like, a sweet and, like, happy girl. But, like, she has a lot of anger and aggression, and she's just learning, like, ways to challenge a cha- you know channel what's it. what's weird? I think it took 30 years to come up with, like, enough of the characterization for Tori, because, and again, I, I don't know, like, Hilary Swank is just really terrible. She's so movie, terrible. And she will go on to play a fighter in a much better well, way. We, we noted that, like, the script is awful. Yeah. But, like, people like Eric sort of transcended it for some reason. Right. Were, like, able to, like, he I just, he just comes across as, like, a person, and Hilary Swank doesn't, and, like, so, yeah, I think that, like, they could have done the angry person, angry girl movie. I- I'm going to say angry person. It's not about, like, the thing is, if you're an angry person, your arc should probably be, like, finding ways to, like, redirect your anger or, like, you know, get through it as opposed to, like, and then I went to a monastery and suddenly I wasn't angry anymore. Um, oh, my God. Right. Or they could have done, like, you don't have to do an angry girl movie to, like, have this kind of movie. Like, Daniel wasn't angry. Daniel was just a sweet kid who was trying to solve a problem. Like, you could have honestly had, like... I mean, there's this line in the movie that I really liked where uh, Miyagi is telling, like, uh, Hilary Swank, like, you know, little girls, their parents teach them to, like, you know, be sweet, be nice, don't fight. And then when they're in danger or in trouble, sometimes, like, they don't know, like, how to fight back. And it's, like... It's not a bad line, and if you were going to start with, like, how do you do Karate Kid with a girl, like, I think that's an interesting place to start, where it's just, like, in, you know, girls are traditionally taught not, not, like, taught not to fight, but there comes a time when, like, that actually can be useful for you to defend yourself. Like, that would be interesting, but we never get that sense that Hillary, like, Hillary Swank is that kind of girl, like, do you know what I mean? Because she seems actually, like, she does sort of, like, But she does know she's not Susan, which is her She knows, yeah, like, she is, like, very aggressive, actually. And still has some karate moves left over from what her dad was teaching her. So it's like, 
that's not really the story you're telling here. I could imagine another movie where, like, you have, like, somebody who's maybe not an angry orphan. Like, you don't need those plot traits. But, like, just someone who's, like, I don't know how to defend myself and I think I need to. Right? Either from... You're saying we don't even need Julie at all. It really should have been the Hawk story. I mean, the Hawk really had a lot of baggage. The Hawk had somebody trying to keep it down. The Hawk had a bully. The bully was named Julie. And, like, oh my god, it's all there. Oh, my God. The perspective switch. Right? It's just the Hawk story. Because and... it's in a cage. Mm-hmm. And every time it tries to get out, there's Julie. Putting it back in, her talking bullshit. about her problems to the oh Hawk. Oh, my God. Right? The Hawk doesn't care. The Hawk just wants to be free. So, yeah, the third idea I have is just the Hawk edition. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, or, like... God, I just feel like they could not figure out, like, if, if you know, this wouldn't be a good movie, but it would have been a better movie if Julie's, like, just a tomboy and, like, I don't know, Miyagi helps her see that you can be tough, but also embrace your feminine side. I don't know, man. Like, that would have been stupid, but it would have, like, made sense, right? Or Julie's, like, a girly girl and, like, Miyagi helps her see that you can exp- embrace your masculine side. Something, anything, an arc, a point, Dear God, or, or, dude, these aren't good ideas, but, like, Julie likes to do karate because it helps her reconnect with her dead dad and helps her miss him less. Oh, yeah, we never hear about those parents again. I mean, he taught her karate, right, initially, so that would have been... so beautiful. Right, so beautiful. But, like, that would have at least been, like, like, a through line, right? But we don't get that here. Okay, Nina, tell me how you'd make it better because I'm sure yours would be more fun. Okay, first of all, Julie's a killing machine. There we go. It's basically the Terminator, <laughs> where Miyagi is just trying to get the kill count down to a manageable. She's killed her parents. She's going to go ape shit. Alpha Elite is just trying to protect so themselves. What you're saying is that Julie is actually like Michael Myers in Halloween. Eric Miyagi was, is a Dr. Loomis right. trying to keep her in check. Eric was sent back from the future. Oh, God, of course. To stop her. But, you know, he's just a normal guy, and he's getting his ass kicked. It's true, and Alpha Lee don't realize that she's, he's an ally in the fight, and so they turn on him. We never see those monks again. We never see and, them. I mean, she went to that monastery, she ripped that insect's wings off, probably. I mean, wait, All sociopaths wait, torture animals. record scratch. No, no. Julie had some killer instinct. The monks are nurturing it. They want her to be the, her, their weapon of vengeance. That's true. They haven't been allowed to leave. They're bored out of their mind. Now they have this killing machine to mm-hmm. train. Right? And sick on their enemies. I, I assume my rival monasteries. Exactly. I don't know. Um, and when my, Miyagi sort of winks at the camera at the end, you know there's going to be a sequel. She's going to go on to kill. Right. And, like, Miyagi is pretending, actually, he's trying to, like, stop her, but really, he's her handler. He's and been... that grandmother, she ran for her freaking life. Oh, I mean, the grandmother's in on it, Nina. <laughs> the grandmother knew it was about to happen, and she's waiting in the Bahamas for Miyagi to join her for, like, a, like a Mai Tai or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> also, a romantic comedy about an elderly Japanese man trying to woo the widow of his once close friend. I mean, honestly, that would have been very possible. If it weren't for racism, that would have been the plot. I'm you just going to say flower. it. flower. Right? It was pretty. something else. Yeah, it was pretty hot, right? Like. She seemed into it. I saw vibes. I saw I vibes. Know, but then he was like, actually. But Hollywood okay. wouldn't allow a, like an interracial romance of that sort. Right. I'm so just going to say it. It's about a lot of things, and mm-hmm. it's also about racism. Right? It is about racism. <laughs> Oh, no Terry Silver, no Daniel Sun, no Chosen. 
all our friends are gone. Instead, we just have a void. Yeah, and we have Pat Morita really just phoning it in. But... Is this... Like, I don't know when Pat Morita died. Oh, yeah, this might Is have been one of... the 90s? I think so. I feel like they would have forced him into the Jackie Chan Karate Kid movie, which, honestly, I can't imagine how it could be worse than this. Yeah, actually, I'm looking forward to our review of that. You That's... set a new bar. Yeah. No, that Hillary truly... Schlank. Truly, like, you set the women's movement back, like, 50 years... No, I'm being cruel. A thousand years. A thousand years, Hillary Swank. And writers of this movie who probably deserve a lot more blame than Hillary Swank. Um, I know. Like, you're right. Like, she doesn't manage to salvage, like, her bad lines, but all of her lines are bad. Everything is so bad. Yeah. It's so strange, because... The karate... The karate is non-existent. There isn't any karate in this movie. I forgot about that, almost. Like... Oh, that's right. I mean... Again, the the scene that I especially repressed was when she was, I guess, doing kata to linger or like one of the cranberry yeah, songs. That's right. She is doing that. That does happen. <sighs> okay. Your I think rating. we're done. Your rating. Oh, God. One out of ten. Wait, what do we do? Five? Five points? Five. Point five out of five. At point five out of five what? Point five out of five kata waltzes. I don't know. Oh wow. Okay, I'm gonna give it a point one. <laughs> nice. Point one insects trapped in Hillary Swank's hands as she runs through the lavender fields. Wow, deep cut, Nina. I know. I like it. Well, you guys are gonna have to watch the movie to see what we were talking about. Yeah, please, please. Uh... Pay no. three seventy five to watch it on Amazon, and if you can, they um, knew though they couldn't put it on the internet for free. <laughs> Everybody associated with this movie should be deeply ashamed. Okay, the end. <laughs> Are you happy, listeners? You soured us. You broken our will to live. We'll be back to uh, review the uh, Jaden Smith Jackie Chan Karate Kid. Thanks, guys. Oh yeah, I mean. Honestly, we've sunk this slow. We might yeah. as well just keep like. There's in- nothing but like upward. Yes, exactly. That's my dog, guys. Um, She's also disgusted. Yeah, she didn't like it either. She thought Hillary Swank was like way overblown. Um, ready? Yeah, I think we're ready. Strike first. Strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy.